This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Chris Swain. Today on the podcast, we are continuing our discussion to some extent of the Essenes, which I would say is not the most exciting topic for those who don't know. But after last week when we discussed what their life looked like and what this specific sect that splintered off uh, looks like, it it is the group that you would feel like, hey, at least they're trying to preserve something. Mm -hmm. And so the question might arise for some that we're going to pose today. And the question is this, was Jesus... And a scene. Ooh. A scene or a scene? You know, I've said it both ways just to make sure. I know. I caught you ever that. do that? I caught that. You cover in all bases today. I like <laughs> if that. If you say it every way, you're right at least once. Yeah, that's true. And you don't get any emails. A scene is what I would say. Yeah. Is that correct? I'll say the Essenes. You, can say, it, yeah. you can say the Essenes. A scene. A scene. Uh, basically, we talked a lot about <laughs> them uh, in a previous podcast. So if you haven't heard that, you probably should go back and listen. But today we're going to go a little further. The questions we're going to ask are, was John the Baptist an Essene? Mm. And was Jesus an Essene? Okay. Now, let's talk about a couple things that were connected. Let's start with John, and then we'll end right. with Jesus. So you got to kind of hang on to sure. the end. Okay, we talked about this. The Essenes were priests. A couple things about them. They were priests who had privileges in the temple in the first century, uh, rightfully ate, uh, ate uh, the best food. You know, they had a right to indoor plumbing because there was indoor plumbing in the first century. Which, which would pretty much seal the deal for me. Yeah. I yeah. would be an Essene if I lived back then. Yeah. Just for the indoor plumbing. Plumbing or out 100 degree temperature by the Dead Sea, <laughs> I'm out. You know, <laughs> So they had plumbing. They had a form of air conditioning, if you will, because they were fanned at times. And so they, had, they lived a really good life, obviously, they were representatives of God, and so people didn't mind the fact that they were the the, the ministers of of the of the ministry of God. So they My were fine how with things that. have changed over the years. Yeah, now they. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things have changed a little over the years. But the problem is, with any responsibility, there comes corruption. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how Hellenism had even infiltrated the priesthood, right? And how they couldn't perform the daily duties of the priesthood because some of the priests were crossing over the Jordan to go to the Decapolis to watch men run naked in the games. Hmm. So you had corruption. You had the Sadducean sect, as we talked about a little, and we'll talk about more. Right. Uh, the corrupt priesthood that was purchased by a man named Jason back in the 167, 170 uh, mm-hmm. BC range. And so you have the priesthood being purchased at this time. So a lot of things happening. It, it forced this group of priests to go out into the desert to eat uh, sandstorms, to experience humidity, to be next to a body of water they have no access to drink out of. I mean, right. you just talk about a slap in the face every day, right? I mean, they are dying for water, yeah. and yet they have a body of water they can't, they drink, can't drink out of. Yeah. So, <laughs> Sounds about right. Okay, now let's start about the question. Was John the Baptist an Essene? Hmm. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw them out to you. Let's see if you can give me the similarities mm-hmm. that could cause us to think John could have been an Essene. I would say... Number one, what were the similarities between who John the Baptist was, and if right. you're listening, you can follow along, sure. and who were the Essenes? Number one. 
Well, I would say living in the desert, separated. Okay, that's a big one. Living in the desert, big one. So that 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 is one that, and then let's pause there. Though. Okay, why is Liz living in the desert important? What scripture oh, motivated them to go out into the desert to prepare a way for the Lord? You talked about this last time. I'm going to just throw out Isaiah. Okay, you're close. That's right. Is that right? Uh, that's right, but let's get okay. closer. Uh, I like being warm. I don't know if I can get any hotter than that. That's warm. Isaiah 40, <laughs> 40, if you remember. That's what I was thinking. Verse 3. That's exactly <laughs> what I do remember thinking. because you said this verse is what the Essenes hang their hat on. Yes. And so this is representative of that desert lifestyle. Yeah, they said... Uh, they read the verse, a voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. So they thought, hey, we'll go out to the physical wilderness. Mm-hmm, and we talked mm-hmm. last time, wilderness is not lush, green, uh, Fiji-type uh, right. environment. You know, this is not a landscape. This is not Bear grills going out and surviving in the wild. Yeah, it's in the Amazon. This is a desert. A desert. Yeah. Sounds fun. It's horrible. <laughs> Uh, it's a desert, but remember the desert was a place of testing. Mm-hmm. The desert was an experience to the Jewish nation where they realize when they go through the desert yeah. and they experience the testing and come through, they meet the presence of God. They experience the glory of God, i.e. Moses, Elijah, Jesus. Okay. So they, they knew that. So the first thing we see is John the Baptist decides to set up camp, not um. in the temple where he's a a priest and has right to that. Right. But he sets up camp in a desert and some people think not very far mm. from the Essenes and the Qumran. Okay. So step one to look at John and say potentially an Essene. He's definitely in the desert. desert. The Essenes are in the desert. Number yes. two. Number two, just guessing, just venturing a guess, preparing the way of the Lord. Ooh. Both prepared the that way. That was of, his ooh, message. That's a good one. That's was that one. one of the ones, or is that a new one? No, that, well, that's one of the ones you were thinking of. Uh, that could be a form of a new one, but yeah, I mean, you might have taught me one right there. But Yes. All right, I'm going to go ahead and bow out. I'll see you no on the next way. podcast. <laughs> no, actually, that's a good one, because they prepared the way of the Lord, and John prepared the way of the Lord, but that's actually one of the differences, and we'll get to that. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's the well, reason we think he's not an essay, but okay, we'll, we'll, okay. we'll get to that in a minute. Number two, he was a priest, and we already in, 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 right. um, we talked about this last time. Yes. John the Baptist was a priest. How do I know he was a priest? You did the study and research. Well, who's his father? <laughs> <laughs> Who is his father? Uh, I don't know. Zechariah. I've lo- I've lost all. Now that I've potentially provided he, an insight, he's given. I've one, got nothing. He's else. given one new insight, and he's off the deep end. <laughs> he's gone. Okay, so maybe I need to talk to Colton. Okay. <laughs> Who was his father? Zechariah. Yes. Where was his father when the angel spoke to him that he's going to have a son named, and he's going to eventually have a son named John? Where was he? He was, he was not out in the fields. No, he was in the temple. He was in the temple. And he was lighting what? I don't Incense. know. Incense. I have no I, For some reason, I'm Incense. totally blanked on Luke, Zachary. This is Luke, uh, by the way. Uh, he's I, lighting, I need to read the book of Luke. He's burning incense. This is how Luke begins. He's burning incense in the temple for his priestly duty. And the angel of the Lord speaks to him, and then he goes mute for the entire pregnancy. You remember this? Does this sound familiar? From here on, I remember everything. (laughs) Okay. So John's a priest. Yes. The Essenes were priests. Number three. What's another one? I'm clinging to that desert one pretty Okay. Let me give you the next two so we can speed it up. (laughs) The, The third one is this. They both prided themselves or built their ministry on baptism. Both of them. 
Okay, if you go to the Qumran area where the Dead Sea is and where the um, the Essenes lived, yes, you will find many what's called mikvahs. Okay, mikvah, M-I-K-V-E-H. Now remember. Uh, these baptistries that we think of are very familiar to what we have mm-hmm. uh, look similar, but they served a different purpose. Okay. They used this baptistry for a ceremonial cleansing, and they did it many times a day. They mm. would do it before eating. They would do it before worship. They would do it before reading. Uh, they'd do it before writing the scriptures. And the reason they did this is, in their mind, is they went into the water mm. and they baptize or cleanse. Remember, water is associated with cleansing right. in the Bible. They cleanse their hands, what they uh, worked with. Mm-hmm. They cleanse their head, what they thought about. Mm-hmm. They cleanse their heart, their affections, and they cleanse their feet, the places they went. So they ceremonially, ceremonially cleanse themselves to prepare for the Lord. Now, John takes this baptism mm-hmm. idea... Another insight, and when I shared this at Long Hollow years ago, uh, it garnered a lot of emails to me personally. Yeah. When I made the statement, I don't think Jesus, nor John, nor the apostles were baptized the way we baptize people today. Mm, uh-oh. I, now, I know people are getting nervous now, but... Uh, You've already said it before. May as well say it again. Yeah, well, okay. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what can it hurt? So, basically, when they baptized people in the first century, the person going into the water actually administered the baptism themselves. And they didn't go under the water, like back under the water and out the water. Yeah. They actually went under the water, just kind of ducking straight in the water. And mm-hmm. they did it not once, but they did it three times. But they were submerged. They were submerged. Just sum- to be clear. Yeah. The key was the submerged, right. the, the submersion in the water, not the technique. Gotcha. Which we're so bent in our Western culture on the technique of right. it. Now, I'm not saying, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying baptizing the way we baptize, mm-hmm. which we still do at Long Hollow, and I do, yes. and I baptize sure. my kids that way, is is incorrect. I'm yeah. just saying, in the first century, and, and by the way, in the Forgotten Jesus, mm-hmm. I actually found a picture, Chris, that I inserted in the book. Oh, wow. Yes, of a baptism of self-administering, and it's an old ancient picture of John the Baptist on the shoreline watching Jesus come in. Mm. This is like a second century picture, baptizing himself, which is an interesting thing. Um, Okay, so the third thing is adoption. I'm sorry, the fourth thing, and here's the big one, adoption. Mm -hmm. The Essenes prided themselves on adoption. They adopted certain people. They were welcoming and they were hospitable. Mm -hmm. And we're going to leave you with this through the break. And I want you to think about this. Why is adoption or how is adoption connected to John the Baptist? More on that right after this break. Do you have a vision for the groups in your church but don't know how to make it happen? Replicate's Group Ministry Masterclass is a one-stop course to help you create, launch, and sustain your group's ministry. These training videos, implementation exercises, and resources will guide you to create your own group's playbook that is unique to your context. You can access this masterclass today at replicate.org groups. And we're back. We're talking about adoption which is one of the the four elements that we could look at John the Baptist and say, potentially an Essene. Ooh. Potentially. 
Well, what does it have to do with the Essenes? What does it have to do with the And what does it have to do with the fact that John could have been Essene? Here's why. How old were John's parents when they had him? Uh, Give me three choices. Young, middle-aged, or old? Old. C, old. Correct. They were very old. That's two I've gotten correct. They were very old. Not that I'm keeping track, but after I've gotten five wrong. That's true. (laughs) They were very old. And here's the thing. Um... His, his mom even says, how am I going to have a child in my age? So she is right. very old, okay? Yes. It is speculation, I get this, but some have speculated that John's parents died early on in his life, and so he was orphaned. Mm. John the ba- how, how does John find himself in this wilderness environment preaching the gospel next to the Qumran unless he lived there Hmm. through his teenage years and he grew up there. So that's a speculation. We don't know for sure. But if that's the case, we have four reasons to think John could have been associated with the Essenes. Number one, he was a priest. Number two, he was in the desert. Number three, he was adopted. Number four, the baptism. Potentially adopted. We're Potentially adopted. Right, right. Potentially adopted. Okay. Let me give you two reasons why I believe he was not or could not have been an Essene. Okay. And these are big. These are big. <laughs> we have set up one argument, and now we will We're, topple it with these. Well, and, I'll, I, yeah, and I will let you decide what you right, want right. to do. The, like you said, the way he prepared the way of the Lord was very different than the Essenes did. Mm. Okay. The Essenes prepared the way of the Lord. They did. They went in the desert. They waited on the Lord to come. And the problem is he came. Jesus Christ came. And what happened to the Essenes? Number one, they did they see him and believe or did they they miss him and wait for another? They missed him and waited for another. Yes. That's really sad. Think Mm -hmm. about this. These people for hundreds of years Hmm. in the heat, in the wilderness, eating sandstorms, high humidity, saturated in sweat, waiting for the presence and the glory of God. Jesus is on the scene and they miss it. Wow. The difference between John and the Essenes is that John not only sees it, but he says, I'm going to give up my nonprofit 501c3 to you, Jesus, (laughs) and I'm going to just check out. Right. So not only does John see Jesus, he gives up his whole ministry and his disciples, which is a big deal. The second reason is this. This is another big one. The Essenes never left the Qumran community, ever. Hmm. So they stayed at the Qumran their entire time. Now, we know John left. Yeah. John preached in the mountainside. Right. John traveled. And so you see this ministry of the Essenes. They were there, and they never right. left. Uh, the question is this. What, what makes... So the question is, is John an Essene, mm-hmm. or is John not an Essene? What do you think? At this point, I'm going to say... He was an Essene, but then he branched out. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I'm going like to go that. down both roads because like there's that. such a strong argument for it. But at, at the same time, maybe he's that one Essene who said, this is the one we're waiting on. Okay. That's a good argument. And I would say I could go there too. I could say he was highly influenced by the Essenes. But it's kind of like somebody who says, I was raised... Uh, Independent Baptist, or right. I was raised Church of Christ, or sure. I was raised Catholic, or right. what you mean? I was raised Baptist. Sure. And then over time, when they grow up, they mm-hmm. say, "Ah, th- that was good, a good foundation." Yeah. But now I'm, you know, something I'm, beca- else. Yeah, become yeah. something else. So I don't think he would discount that. He would say, "Wow, they taught me a lot." Okay, mm. but here's the question: Was Jesus mm. an Essene? This one, just right out of the gate, I'm going to say no. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Right out of the gate without any information. That's strong. I'm dropping a hard no. Tell me why that. Tell me why. 
um, because I just don't think he would have affiliated with any of the four different sects. Ooh, he had his own sect. It's called Correct. Christianity. That's what I think. No, no, no. That's no. what I think. The question was, people always ask, was Jesus a Christian? He started it. He but wasn't. No. A, by the way, newsflash, Jesus was not a Christian. Okay? People say, was Jesus a Christian? He was not a Christian. He was the son of God. He was the Christ, but he wasn't yeah, a Christian. Right, yeah. right. Okay, let's go into this. I don't know if Jesus, or I don't think Jesus was an Essene, but I guarantee Jesus knew who the Essenes were. Turn with me to mm. Luke chapter 22. Luke 22. Luke 22. I'm going to give you two insights why I believe Jesus knew who the Essenes were, and more importantly, who the Essenes, the Essenes knew who Jesus was. Well, and that's important. Yes, I guess. Well, guarantee- they didn't know who he was. They knew about Jesus. Well, but they didn't see him as the Messiah. Well, let's let let, well, let let's the see, audience let's see, decide. Let's see what let, the passage says. Let the says. audience decide, okay, before you get ahead. <laughs> Luke 22, verse 7. I want you to read. I'm going to stop okay. you along the way. This is the day before the Passover celebration gotcha. of Jesus. Then the day of unleavened bread came when the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Okay, here's the big problem that people can't get past. Um, if Jesus died on Passover, which was mm-hmm. the Passover of the Jews, and we see that all throughout the Scripture, right? then what Passover is he celebrating the day before he dies? You ever mm-hmm. thought about that? I have not until you brought it up. Okay. <laughs> it this wasn't a question the, I was asking until now. Yes, because here's the conundrum that 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 it's hard for people. The timeline, maybe we'll do a whole podcast on this. The timeline of the death of Jesus is very hard to wrap our minds around mm. because we are thinking days as in calendar days. Right. The Jewish people did not count days the way we did. They counted days by sundown, started the day. Right. So when the sun went down, that's the beginning of the day. And when the sun, so it goes sundown to sundown. Mm. So their day starts the day before. They're so, starting the day at 8 p.m. Yes. So when Jesus died, he actually died on Friday, mm. but Saturday started at midnight on Friday. You see how it works? Gotcha. So then Jesus goes through Saturday. Sunday starts the day before, and so then you have Jesus rising. That's how he can die on Friday, mm. rise on Sunday. And it's three days. And it's three days, because the calendar days are mm. two. But since he died in daylight the day yeah. before, hmm. he died in three. Okay, on the th- And it's That's never good. the third day. It's on the third day. Okay, gotcha. Not in three days, sorry. Okay, gotcha. but here's the conundrum, though. How is Jesus celebrating a Passover celebration on Thursday night. Hmm. Okay, so the timeline is he's going to celebrate the Passover. Yes. He's going to go out and be betrayed by Judas. He's going to have a trumped-up charge crowd against him in the middle of the night. He's going to be brought back and forth to all of the authorities. Right. Uh, Punches Pilate's condemns him to the cross. And by 9 o'clock, he's on the journey. I mean, he's out to be crucified. He's going to be crucified from 9 to 3. This is all Friday during the day now. Nine to three, and remember, they have to have him off the cross before 6 p.m. when the Passover starts and no work can be done. Not only is it a Passover, get this, it's a high Sabbath Passover, mm. meaning it's a holy Sabbath Passover. It's a big deal, okay? The question, the answer is, the only answer is, did you know the Essenes had another calendar that they followed? 
I did not know So that. the nation had a calendar. Go look this up online. Some people say, I've never heard this before. Go look it up online. The nation had a calendar, and the Essenes had their own calendar. Hmm. The Essenes celebrated Passover one day before Ooh. the Jewish Passover celebration. Okay, I don't know the reasons for that, but they did. So number one is we have this Passover celebration a day before. The second thing I know that's very... Uh, Essenic, if you will. I don't know if that's a word. <laughs> We're getting Essenic right now. We're getting we Essenic. Through yeah, this, right? yeah. Okay. The very the next thing is this. What does it say? They, they say Jesus says, "Go into the town." Look at verse ten. When you enter the city, what? You see, verse ten. A man will be carrying. Yes, a man will be carrying a water jug. Will meet you. Okay. Now here's another insight. I think I know this insight. Here's the insight. The only way a man will be carrying a water, but you got to understand back then women carried the water jugs, the woman at the well, uh, Rebecca and Isaac, I mean, they all carried water jugs. Men did not carry water jugs except for one of two reasons. Do you know what the one of two reasons are? No, I do not. Punishment for a crime. Okay. When Joshua conquered the land, if you go back in Joshua, it's, I think it's Joshua four right around there. When Joshua conquered the land, it says that Joshua made the men carry the water jugs. It was mm. the ultimate form of humiliation punishment. and punishment. Carrying a water jug is like walking through Disney World with flashing lights on your body saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. It was a big deal. It would have been unusual. Very unusual. But the only other group of people who carried a water jug... There's only one set oh, of people. You ready it, for this? Is it the Essenes? The Essenes were the ones who carried water jugs. So Jesus says, go look for the man who's going to stand out in the Passover crowd with flashing lights and sirens saying, look at me, look at me yeah. with a water jug. That's the man. And I believe he's an Essene. And here's how the final reason why I think he's an Essene. Notice what Jesus says to tell him. He says, look for this, but tell him this. What does he say? He says, tell the owner of the house, the teacher, capital T, asks you, yes. where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover with my disciples? Okay, watch this. This is, obviously we're out of time, but this is something on your own study. 100 years before Jesus is coming, the Essenes came up with this theology that the Messiah would be called the teacher of righteousness. Wow. They believed that when the Messiah would come, he would teach them in all righteousness. So... Isn't it interesting that Jesus says, because I've always thought, I don't know about you, if a guy walks up to me in a crowd and says, hey, we need your home for a big Passover celebration with the boys. That may be a no. That's a hard no. That's a hard <laughs> no. Who, and who are you again? Oh, the teacher told me, uh, not going to my house. But this man carrying a water jug acquiesces to this with no problem. He's like, it's almost like he says, I've been waiting my whole life for wow. this. So they say, hey, the teacher needs it. We're coming to your house to celebrate on your Passover to believe this is the Messiah. And wow. I don't know if Jesus was an Essene and probably wasn't, but the Essenes knew who he was and wow. didn't, didn't believe any, but they knew who he was. And this passage shows the connection between Jesus and the Essenes. Wow. That is a lot of amazing insight today. Hopefully you learned as much as I did because clearly I needed to learn a lot. Uh, as we look at this topic and we continue the podcast next week, do us a favor and pick up your phone right now. Text a friend and say, check out uh, Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. Give us a rating on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening to your podcast. We appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Until then, bye-bye. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.